Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Hey, Church Planner, this week's episode of the Church Planner Podcast is being brought to you by Reach. Did you know that 98% of people say that they would attend church if invited by a friend? And yet, only 2% of churchgoers say they're actively inviting. Reach was started to change this stat to give people a better way to invite. Rich equips, equips, equips. <laughs> hey, it's okay. It equips you who are listening to our podcast. <laughs> We try to be professional in our commercials. We screw it up. <sighs> it equips you on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't think I noticed. It's going to be that kind of a podcast. You can already tell. We tried to be good, Brittany. We tried. See why we can't have nice things. <sighs> it, this, this is why... Sponsors only stick with us for like two years at a whack, <laughs> but here we That's go. Pretty good. Man. It actually is pretty Just good. Pick it up. Okay, none of that happened. <clears throat> this is look at look into the red light. Wait, 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 uh, uh, wait, wait. Ooga, Okay, <laughs> I got to do my Dimas High School football rules. <laughs> I gotta do. I gotta do my <laughs> my voice exercise. All right, here we go. All right, part part two. Reach equips convert. God, I can't even get the line out. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Here we go. <clears throat> Reach equips congregations to invite friends in a powerful and scalable way. For every check-in on Facebook and tag on Instagram, a donation is made to a kingdom-building cause. More people hear about the church from their friends, and more good is done around the world. It's that simple. Reach is offering a special promotion for the Church Planner Podcast listeners. To get your first month free, to get started, just head on over to... Oh, here we go again. Cosley.com forward slash reach and sign up using the promo code podcast. 
Cosley sounds like they let a millennial name a baby. <laughs> I'm, it, every time I run into that. Hi, I'm Cosley. Sorry, millennial uh, audience. I did just insult you. Uh, you know, we're an equal opportunity insulting podcast. Except for Generation X. It's the greatest generation that ever has existed. They yeah. say they say the greatest generation is baby boomers. No, it's Generation X. Yeah, they are the San Dimas high school football generation of the world. They rule. I love it, man. So uh, did someone see Bill and Ted's over the weekend? What's up? Um, Bill and Ted has never, ever left my brain completely ever it's in every conversation every thought i have i like it well here's a little uh, movie flashback that i think everyone can enjoy walk on the road hmm? walk right side safe walk left side safe walk middle sooner or later get the squish just like grape here church planting same thing either you church planting do yes Church planting do. No. You. Church planting do. Guess so. Just like grip. So funny, man. I love it's that. It still quote. holds up, baby. That's all I'm going to say. Hey, I'll, and for, for millennials, uh, that's from the original Karate Kid. I'm just yeah, I'm throwing that is. out there. They need to know. Hey, I have a sound bite. You ready? I oh. don't know if you've heard this yet, but if our podcast. I love how you're holding your phone up to the mic. <laughs> you got to listen. Siri, I see a little silhouette of a man. Scaramouche, Scaramouche, will you do the Fandago, Thunderbolt and Lightning? Very, very frightening me. Galileo, 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 Galileo Figaro Magnifico. I'm just a poor assistant. Nobody loves me. It's just a poor assistant from a poor family. Spirit its life from this monstrosity. Easy come, easy go. Will you let me go? Bismillah. No, we will not let you go. Let it go, Bismillah. We will not let you go. Let it go, Bismillah. We will not let you go. Let me go. Will not let you go. Let me go. Never, never let you go. Never let me go. Oh, no, 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 no. That's a Siri bomb right there, man. What I, I love is, number one, I know you got that off of Facebook because I did the same thing over the weekend after I saw I that I did. Meme. Well, I got it actually from Kirk Overstreet who messaged me. He messages me all good things. I, I actually kind of wonder how many Siri phones we just set off <laughs> right now Ooh. because you said that and, you know, it went off. So You know, I don't have that voice activated thing going on with Siri. If I, I you have Siri, to have it plugged in. I think, I think you have to have it plugged in. That's, yeah, that's the way that it works. Is it? Yeah, I. If memory serves. Yeah, she did go off recently, voice activated, but I didn't pay attention to the circumstances. But I was like, oh, there she went. Mm-hmm. Hey, so what's uh, what's new? What's happening with you this last week? Oh well, wait, wait, wait. The- we should tell everyone what's today's topic, and you haven't even told me what today's topic is. So. Uh, everything I need to know from church planning, <laughs> I learned from Star Wars Part Two. <laughs> It's it's the sequel. Oh my god! It is episode five, and it is uh, the return of church. The podcast strikes back. Uh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. And uh, at the end, we're going to reveal spoiler alert. But Pete reveals he's my father, invites me to uh, join him and overthrow Billy Graham, and together, uh, or Ed Stetzer, put put in your you know evangelistic or church planning trainer of choice, and we'll overthrow him and rule the galaxy. To which I, of course. Uh, say no, 
and throw myself down an incredibly uh, long uh, air shaft, which turns to a garbage chute. But my friends are always there for me and they back me up, catch me. And I end this episode by staring out a big, giant glass window, looking over the universe, uh, dreaming about how we're going to save it. Pete Mitchell loves you and has a plan for your bank account. <laughs> well, that is true. Are you kicking into the next commercial already? <laughs> nope. I just, I, you started I'm out saying it. basically I was a Sith Lord, and so I, I had my finger on the button. I didn't realize you were actually going to go into a, a, a monologue, a five-minute monologue. So. It, it, you know, I would like to more think of it as a soliloquy. You, you felt inspired, clearly. I did. The muse took me, and uh, it's brought me back now. So let's um, let's actually talk a little bit about what happened to you this last week. This is a little section of the podcast we like to call Smack Talk, but we really are doing everything I need to know about Church Planet I learned from Star Wars Part Duh. <laughs> On this podcast. D. <laughs> D. But until we get to the good stuff, we got smacked up. So what happened this right. last week? What's going on? Uh, you got to bite through the uh, crunchy outer shell to get to the rich, creamy center. So uh, basically. My favorite um, responses from church planners are the ones who said, I used to hate smack dog. Now I look forward to it more than I do the substance. <laughs> yes. And that tells us you will make it in church planning. Exactly. Um, yeah, so, uh, basically I had a flood in my heater, hot water heater, um, a a leak off the cable. Um, this is getting personal now sharing my private information, a little bit uncomfortable just now talking about my hot water heater, but, uh, it sprayed the inside of my boiler room cupboard. Just tell them you you have a friend who's got a hot water heater that blew up. Tell, tell the story in third person. You're good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have this friend, and uh, his cable of his hot water that goes to the hot water piping um, burst. And um, I was wondering if anyone had any advice from my friend because uh, his house flooded. And um, overnight, he woke up, and there was a, a pool that my friend found. And uh, now they have to rip his entire um, floors up and parts of his walls. And... Um, He's got to stay in a hotel for a few weeks. And, uh, yeah, so this friend was wondering, um, you know, what should he do? I would just like to point out that this friend was thinking about remodeling his house as it was. So I, I actually think this is a godsend. You know, you would think that, except that um, it's kind of thrown a, a, a wrench in the in the gears big time on multiple levels. I can like actually it, imagine it would. It would really. This wasn't how we were going to do it. So it's kind of everything's. <laughs> and we didn't want now. new we're, floors. We wanted a new roof. <laughs> we wanted something over our head, not under well, our head. We were going to build the other part of the house first, and now it's like you got it. So it screws it up. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Free stuff. Who wants it? I'm a church planner. I don't like free stuff. You you got a rough situation, man. You really do. Like our water heater is one of the biggest water heaters I've ever seen in my life, and I think it's because our um, our master bathroom has a big jacuzzi tub in it, and so oh, I yeah. think they got like the jumbo water heater. The people who lived here before us, yeah. Because, I mean, how else do you fill that with warm water, right? Right. And uh, and that thing is so old. Like, I'm just, I'm waiting for that water heater to die. Just. Right. 
waiting for it to die. But it's outside, yeah. so we're safe. Well, it I mean, will. Ours blows it up, will. It will not disappoint you. This is what I'm learning about water heaters. Um, they will die on you. Yeah. It's like we have a saying in church planning. Um, sometimes water heaters just die. It's not a good saying. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's that's from an episode of Friends when when his monkey dies and the guy goes at the zoo goes, we have a saying here at the zoo. Sometimes monkeys just die, and then he goes, it's not a good saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. A little man. pop culture for your soul. I love it. So, um, so I don't know if you're done with your story because I, I was, I'm done. I was I waiting mean, for it, a punchline. It, it's and... a sad story. Has no <laughs> redeeming features. It really you know? doesn't. It's like. Um, my friend has a really rough time right now and is not feeling too good about life in general. So just going to throw that it's out like there. that old, it's like that old, uh, Saturday night live, Roseanne, Roseanne and Anna Dana sketch where she's like, you know, I got boils on my bottom and you know, I got scabies and my teeth are falling out. And have you ever seen that one where she's no. reading the letter where the guy's calling in for advice no. and she stops and goes, you sound like a real fun guy. <laughs> <laughs> Killed a Radner, man. It's great. Anyways. So, uh, so, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to actually do this, but I'm going to bring this up anyway. We were going to start at least, and I shouldn't say we, I should say I was going to start, comes. A, I was going to start a section on the podcast called, uh, Pete gets hate mail. And I was going to read the best hate mail that I got for the week. Cause I get a lot of hate mail from past. We, we should call it dear Satan. Cause that, <laughs> that's how these guys talk to you. It's like, you're the, you're the devil, right? you know, Dude, right. And in which, by the way, so just giving a plug out to the Bivo Inner Circle, Sam Weberly from uh, New Hampshire area. I think it's New Hampshire. It's it's yeah, it's one of the Hampshires. It's the a, old one, the new one. I don't know. It's, it's, it's up there in the cold country. I know that <laughs> it's like the exact polar opposite of where we live. Um, he, he he got our we, we send out a hard drive every month. Uh, and we've got stuff for me and stuff from Peyton on the hard drive that go out to our, our Bible pastors. And, uh, and so one of them, I just put in there, I was talking about my frustration of, uh, hands down, I get more negative comments from pastors and I, I, a lot of them are are brutally negative. And and those are the ones I'm talking about than I do from any other group that I work with. And he was just like, man, I, I, I'm I'm saddened by that and just, you know, the state of the church that it's in when, you know, this is like <laughs> the stuff that you get. And and it's true. He's, he's absolutely right. Which is not to say that I don't get great comments because we do. We, in fact, we had a couple of cool ones come in this last week from a couple of people who aren't joining. They're like, hey, I can't do it. But, man, I love what you and Peyton are doing and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, that's cool. I got no problem with that. But uh, so anyway, I was going to do this whole section of of uh, Pete gets hate mail and read some of the best of them. <laughs> I decided not to because I was actually talking to a buddy of mine and and he was like, you know what? I, I do the whole uh, Abraham Lincoln thing, you know, where Abraham Lincoln, when someone would do something to him, he'd write a letter to him and then he'd just stick it in his drawer and he'd never actually mail it. And, um, and I'm like, okay, you're a much better person than me because, dude, people come after me, man. And it's like, oh, you want to fight with me? <laughs> You want go time with Petey? Let's do it, baby. You know what I like? Well, what, what's been funny, though, is I know I know how much of a fighter you normally are. And I've watched you hold oh, back. Oh, dude. I, like, I watch I you can't. respond in grace, which is like I don't know. Proof. No, no. See, you're being too nice. Like, this one no, guy. I'm not. This one guy months ago, 
I think he commented on one of our Facebook ads and, um, <laughs> and he reaches back out and he goes, Hey, look, man, uh, I commented on one of your Facebook ads and you really handled that with grace and it convicted me. And I just wanted to come back and let you know, I, I apologize for the things that I said mm. <laughs> and I'm reading that <laughs> it's a true story. And the first thought that goes through my head is, Oh, I did not say anything like that to you. I'm sure that was Peyton. <laughs> like, I'm sure Peyton was the one that gave you grace. Because if it was me, I would have been like, let's go. No. Let's you know go. Uh, in, in honesty, no. I've watched you respond with grace at times. No, it shocked not, me. And I know it's a spirit, man. Not. Oh, dude. Don't even give me that kind of credit. Because there's plenty of guys who might be listening into the podcast right now who've gotten those rude <laughs> responses back from me. I'm like, you want to fight with me? You want to? Let's go. But. I have to share this one because this one was the funniest one to me. So I've, I've, I've come up with a standard reply that I'm going to give. <laughs> okay. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Okay. So I get, I, this has happened more than once where someone will respond to one of my emails and say, and they always start it the same way. I was going to join the Bible in a circle. But now I'm not. So you, you got to lead in with the whole, you were going to get my money, but you're not going to get my money anymore because that's what they're thinking in their head, right? Right, right. It's a little manipulative. Yeah. And so, um, and like he took a screenshot of his phone and it had like a bunch of emails for me, you know, because I emailed him too much. So that's why he's he's no longer going to to give us his money, to grace us with his money. Yes. I want you to mentor me and I want you to change my life. But you send me too much communication. <laughs> I don't so, want to hear from you that much. So I I kid you not, man. I, I went through like three or four replies before I finally just said, all right. I, I don't remember what I eventually said, but I know it was a lot calmer than the first ones. So the first one I wrote, <laughs> I kid you not, man. I took a screenshot of my bank account. <laughs> you did not. I did. I did. <laughs> and I go, oh, I'm crying about that. <laughs> That's terrible. I know, right? That's terrible. I rebuke you, Pete. (laughs) But I deleted it because I was like. Repent. Repent on the podcast right now. I I do. I do. But I didn't send it. I erased it. And I was like. (laughs) That's good. Okay. okay, I was like, okay. All right, then. This is okay. Now I'm just like. I I had a Facebook troll, man. I I think I shared that story. And I I had the best. I was laughing so hard. Because here's the thing. is like you write copy and I write books. Like you probably. You don't want to get into a written thing with writers. That's right. not a good deal. I had the best response, and the Holy Spirit said no. Yeah, well, I didn't send that one. I really <laughs> wanted to, but I didn't. That's so funny. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so then I came up with a reply, and I didn't send this to the guy because I came up with it after I replied to him. Um, but but I've I've uh, I think I'm going to use it. I'm gonna I'm gonna savor this one because I do get that a lot. The whole I was gonna sign up. I was gonna give you some money. No, I'm not. <laughs> I was gonna send you this response. Yeah. But. So so here here's my standard. I think I think my new standard reply is gonna be, man, my wife Jamie's gonna be so disappointed because I was gonna take her to Sizzler if you signed up. She loves that all you can eat salad buffet, <laughs> and now I can't take her. So that's my new reply because it's funny and it lets me vent all at the same time. Huh? Can I do it? Can I do it, Pastor Peyton? Hey, I'm not involved. I, I throw my hands up. You know, I uh, if if I say anything that in any way condones such behavior, I become uh, responsible. Oh, yeah. So anyway, then I got another good one yesterday. Um, 
I can't remember what the guy said, but it was something along the lines of, like, stop sending me emails. So I replied back. I go, stop signing up to get emails. Well, I, I replied back. I go, oh, you must be new to this email thing. You see, there's an unsubscribe button at the bottom of the email. I'll go ahead and tap that for you. <laughs> like, <laughs> dude, th- do you not know how to hit the unsubscribe button? Is I it- think some people do not. Oh, I, I, I have to take that because of yeah. the way some people uh, reply back. But it's fun. Yeah, you know, it's funny, too, because, um, you know, you made the point on our Band of Brothers call where you said that, you know, the the worst responses you've ever gotten in marketing have been from pastors. I think because it comes across where there's like a self-righteousness in it. And so they feel very justified for being kind of kind of jerks about it. And I think that's that's the danger is is when you have. You know, if you're going to be a jerk, just be a jerk, you know, but if, if you're going to be a jerk, don't mix God into it. Like, don't be self-righteous about it. That never looks good. And that never looks right. And, and unfortunately what happens is Pete and I kind of get a glimpse into how they're probably running their church. I know that's the Um, scary part to me. Yeah. Is really probably, this is how they're treating people who they don't agree with or approve of what they're doing or whatever it is. And it's not just us that's getting this. It's, it's actually lots of people are probably getting hurt. And like, there'll be times like I got someone really close to me who's an atheist and he'll sometimes pick something up on Facebook and go, man, that guy right there, he's creating atheists right there. He's creating, Oh, really? he's creating a lot. He's, he's saying that's because of the, what the pastor is doing. Yeah. But like when guys act like that, he'll uh-huh. say, you know what? That's why there's atheists. He'll point that out and say, that guy's creating atheists. And don't get me wrong, like this atheist, he's fair. He's intelligent. He's balanced. He's fair. He'll say, man, I think this is beautiful. You know, he'll, he'll really commend a pastor. Like when Chuck Smith died, um, you know, he contacted me and said, Hey, I just want to let you know, man, that guy was the, one of the best representations of Christianity. Um, you know, even like RC Sproul, he'll say, you know, I listen to RC Sproul sometimes. That guy's one of the best thinkers the church has. He's, um, you know, he's, he's, he's fair. He's balanced. But when he sees that, you know, he'll, he'll be quick to tell me, Hey, that the, the guys like that are the reason I have so many friends yeah. in the atheist movement. No, you're, you're, you're a hundred percent right on with that. In fact, um, as you know, one of my, uh, one of my assistants is not a Christian and, Every once in a while, he'll make the comment, yeah, I can't stand when uh, Christians do that. Mm-hmm. And it'll be something like that or like, um, you know, the the quotes, the, you know, the memes that they sometimes put on Facebook. And Every, I can't defend it because I'm like, you're, you're 100% right, dude. They're, yeah. they're being total jerks right now. Well, and, you know, every walk of life has arrogance. I mean, atheists are arrogant and Muslims are arrogant and Christians are... Arrogance exists because it's a human condition. Um, hypocrisy is universal because it's a human condition. But again, like so many things, when it takes on a religious uh, aspect, it just looks so much worse. Yeah. So hypocrisy in secular circles just looks like hypocrisy, and it's great. But when it has that self-righteousness that, that peppers it or flavors it, it's, it's unpalatable. And I think that 
we as people of faith, we have to be aware of that, that when we do it, it's, it's 10 times worse Yeah, because it has an added intolerability. And I think actually that's wired into us as human beings because we have souls. I think there's something that's universally uh, repulsive about that to us as, as sinners. Um, I think it's hardwired into our condition. Yeah. So yeah, you know, that's why Jesus is so attractive universally as well. Even if you don't believe in him, you, I, I, I never talk to someone who goes, Jesus, what a jerk. Yeah. You know, I always, I will hear people and they say, I think Jesus was, he was incredible. Like there's something about Jesus that, that is universally attractive and acceptable to people. Um, even though he said rough things, even when he says rough things, I think people get it and go, well, of course, because you know, he, he had these standards and he had these things, but, um, there's just something that people love about him. And I think it is something their spirit is connecting with. Mm. Yeah. And you know, at the same time too, I can also, some of the emails and texts that I get, I can hear the financial frustration. Yeah. And, and like I had one this last week. I just started my reply back to him. I go, look, I want you to know I can hear your financial frustration. I go, I was a PK, even though my dad never talked about this. There was a time in our family when I totally remember him being frustrated and I knew it was because of money. Yeah. And um, because, I mean, even though you, you don't want to like talk about some of that stuff with your kids, you know, whatever you're going through financially as a, a family per se. They still pick up on it, and I could totally pick up on it, and I can hear that in some of their emails. So in some regards, man, I, I feel for these guys. And um, and I do remember telling this one guy, I go, look, I'm just going to let you know right now, this is not the thing for you because right now you, you got too many other issues going on in your life. Yeah. This, yeah. Is, this is not one that's going to, you know, quote, unquote, save you from yeah. from where you're at. But, well, uh, man, every every episode, you know, we, we go through seasons. I know if you're new to this podcast, you'll know that we get on hobby horses. For a while, it was um, Star Wars underwear, believe it or not. Um, a time after that, it was Pete's car. Um, that's how we got off of underwear. And then I think this, when we started Bible Inner Circle, that got us off of Pete's car. Now, this is our hobby horse. Um, soon we'll find another one. I know, I, I at least know. That by November it'll be Star Wars because um, a new f- film's rolling around. That that's you know we have a biological clock that rings um, you know good month or two out, and then it'll be Star Wars, and we'll debate you know um, which we do you know we debate it. We don't we don't just you know agree on everything in Star Wars. We agree it's awesome, but we we differ on how. But see, we, that was the problem with the last one. You didn't think it was awesome. I do now though. Is it? Does that count for something? It does. It does. I was tired. I was. You know, I was jet lagged. It know? was something, man. My kids were there. I, I was distracted. Yeah. For for me to see a movie, I have to be completely immersed. I love going to a movie by myself. Oh, me I'm too. I'm weird that way. Oh no! I do, every Sunday. That's, that's my <laughs> Sunday afternoon. I go it's to the, the escape, man. Like Justin doesn't even. He goes, "Uh, what movie are you going to see today?" I'll be like, "Oh, today I'm going to go see Valerian." Or whatever. Since since I've been married with kids, though, I have to say, even though I prefer to see a movie, there's always a slight guilt. Like if I'm seeing a movie that's really cool, I kind of go, maybe Andrea would like this. Let me and absolve I'm, you of your guilt. I'm gonna give you four Hail Marys and uh, 
I don't know what else they do. So. It's there. It's not. It, it will be even like it's just that I'm off enjoying a movie, and it's when I travel. If I go see a movie, like I'll go see something when I travel, and really? I'll make sure it's a movie. I and feel zero guilt. It. Zero guilt. <laughs> well, I know it, it, it's false guilt for sure. Andrew wouldn't give a rip, you know. But it's kind of like it's just this weird thing when you when you have a family. It's it's. You kind of you you think uh, my family should enjoy this? It's just it's because I'm a better dad than you. Oh well, <laughs> hands down, no, hands down. I would say ninety nine percent of uh, fathers out there are better fathers than me. So I do got to say this, just something to rejoice on. Those of you that listen, you know that right now I'm training for Nam, and my prayer has been actively that I would be a missionary on my street. Which, uh, you know, is a big deal. And I'm tag teaming with another minister on the street. And uh, one of the guys who's really kind of like the man of peace for the neighborhood came to faith. Um, Really? And my neighbors, it's just, it's happening. And I'm just, I'm rejoicing, man, that uh, it's God's working, man. That's all I can say. And uh, I won't go into more because there's some personal stuff, but. I preached at the at the little church down the street, and some of my neighbors were there. Uh, and I'm just God is working, man. I'm just I'm blown away that this has been God's been saying you're not going to run a church right now. You're going to plant. You're not going to plant a church, but you're going to reach your neighborhood nice. and you're going to help this guy. And uh, it's been rad. So uh, let's actually get into some of your final points there on church planting and Star Wars. <sighs> Hit the music. I need the Imperial March. Uh, oh, here we go. I, I laid it down a little bit quieter so you could talk over it if you wanted. Today on everything I needed to learn from church planning, I learned from Star Wars. How's that? I, I'm good. Yeah, it's all right. Mm, wisdom will I teach you. Yes. Mm. What is thy bidding, <laughs> my master? Right. Okay. Cool. Uh, enough um, of that. You can actually talk. You seek Peyton. Mm? Take you to Malai. How was that? That was horrible. That was just uh, as bad as I remembered. Was that actually really bad? I, I, I didn't think that one was good. You've done better. Okay. Mm. All right. Okay. Well, you know, I, I'm I'm a little rusty. You know, my life's turned upside down. Give me a break. <laughs> I okay. Just, I I do. I got to share this one last thing before we get into today's topic. So one of the conversations I had via text, I had to send it to Peyton, <laughs> and Peyton comes back with the perfect reply. He goes, "Pete, you should have known in your webinar you needed the big foam finger pointing up to Jesus because you remember that one." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sorry. That was just a classic line I had to share. Well, you know, it's funny, man, because basically, um, yeah, on that one, it was it was funny. It was it was really bad. His what he was saying was was pretty terrible. He meant well. His heart was in the right spot, but um, it was it was it was like watching a, a five year old try to drive the car. You know, like with their feet can't touch the pedals, and they're just you know, whipping the steering wheel back and forth, pretending they're driving. That's what it seemed like. It was like, okay, these That's are big spiritual great... concepts you're dealing with here. And you really, you can't drive these. I'm sorry. That's a really good 
uh, metaphor. I, I kind of like that or analogy. You know what? You should um, you should check out my book sometime. I, I I do tend to write these. In fact, I have a book. I'm right waiting now. for it to come out on Audible. I'm I'm oh, being teased because I don't think they're gonna do it. You know, I I don't even remember writing some of this stuff and reaching the unreached, becoming Raiders of the Lost Ark. Ching! That was a shameless plug. Do you see what I did there? And, Which uh, you can find at reachingtheunreachedbook.com. What's so funny about being an author, though, is people will quote your stuff and put it out there. And you'll, you'll be like, that's really good. I wrote that? I don't remember writing. Like, that's really good, you know? And uh, But anyways, one of the guys was like, man, that's an awesome metaphor. And I was talking about that if you're in ministry and you're not, tapping into the power of the Holy Spirit, that it's like your biggest thrill. You talk about power, but you're not a Jedi. You've never drawn on the force yet. Instead, the biggest thrill you get is going into Tashi Station to pick up power converters. <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> That's like the equivalent of just reading books about, you know, what God did. I you know, love how you give past. yourself a pat on the back. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> That's great. That's the same thing I do all but, the time. But you have to understand, literally, someone could have taken that, put their name on it, and I would have been like, oh, that's a great, like, I wouldn't have remembered writing that. It's so weird, man. When you write a book that's like, you know, how many thousands of words and 256 pages, trade paperback, man, you're not going to remember everything you wrote. I'm, I'm just waiting for it to come out on Audible. I really want to listen to it. Hey, it's been selling so well. I think I got an audio book coming because that's what the uh, Zondervan was like. Hey, you know, um, depending on how well it does, you um, you should preemptively record it and send it to him. Go, look, I've already recorded it. It's in high quality audio format. My voice. Would you release this? So one of my best friends is a guy named Andy Froyland, and he's been doing like so many. Like if you listen, I think he does. He does professional radio. Yeah, well, he's he came in cheap. I asked him for a bid. He's in my Inklings group, and I've known this guy for years, um, easily like 23, 24 years. He's a good, good, good friend, and he's like, I'm reading your book. I want to read your book. So anyways, uh, I think. That could actually help. You know, he's a celebrity. He's got a radio show. Yeah, well, he does. He's actually he's actually got a show up in the Bay Area. All right, that's so. what I'm saying. Yeah. So, okay, well, hey, let's uh, – Let's 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 get into it, shall we? <laughs> yeah, where did we leave off? So, okay, so we covered the first three points, which is you might <laughs> here are five things that Star Wars has intrinsically taught me about church planning from a at young age. Number one, you might lose a limb in battle. All right, get your arm cut off. If you don't know what that means, listen. To last week, I'm not going over it again. Number two, there is a light side and dark side in the ministry, and the dark side is oh so seductive. And number three, turning to the dark side may get you faster results. So that's why people turn to the dark side. They want to overthrow the evil. They want to get there. They want to get there quick. The Jedi way is too slow or it seems too hard or there's too much peace in it. Um, you know, but in, in basically the dark side in the movies, it's all about power. So we ended on that, that be careful when you're in ministry because that's what happens. It always starts out like seeing, but I could do greater good or I could do more good if I fill in the blank. And that's how the path to the dark side begins. And you lose yourself. You lose who you are, just like a Sith Lord. And um, you, you change and you don't realize that you've changed. Um, so, you know, I mean, that's kind of one of the most powerful things about the Star Wars universe is that, you know, the Sith still think they're good. 
You know, they still think they don't think they're evil. They think the Jedi are evil and that they are doing what's right because they're getting the bigger results. Mm. What's your thought? I see you smiling over there. I, 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 I have no comment. You're Palpatine, aren't you? Secretly, you're a Sith Lord and you're just hiding there. You're smiling, going, does he know? You see, the shroud of the dark side has fallen, Pete. Well, all I can say is, is that uh, I, I I found one of your lines to be especially interesting of just being a uh, a small little shortcut. Hey, if we just do this one little thing over here, we can make this go so much quicker, so much easier. And and I think that happens so much in the church. Yeah. So much. Because let's face it, it's a hard road. It is, man. And and that's why your values are so important. When you define your values, you don't deviate from that. What will happen a lot of times is a church will understand its mission and it'll have its values and it'll sacrifice maybe one value to accomplish the mission. And then the organization changes. The church changes. It morphs. And, and a church changing is always a good thing because... You know, uh, that that's not inherent. It's not always a good thing, but it's not inherently bad to change. You're a living organism. A church is always going to change, um, particularly if it's if it's following the spirit. But there can be a change for the worse where you sacrifice a value that is a crucial value for you. When you start sacrificing your value to accomplish the mission, then you're heading down the path to the dark side. Funny enough, in um, NAM, the training that we did for them for church planning I had a film project where I made movies of all 12 of the church planner competencies. When we came to values, we actually used the Jedi and the Sith. And I contrasted that and talked about this very thing. So, um, but let's head into number four. So number is what you're four. saying, you're just rehashing our podcast. For yeah, the that last was two just kind of, I just had a thought. Oh, okay. I have thoughts, father. Um, the underdogs, number four, the underdogs are usually right. In the Star Wars universe, um, there's a whole empire, and they're wrong. And you come into that, and you know they're wrong. It's the underdogs. You're rooting for the underdogs the entire film. It's the underdogs who know what the universe ought to be. And because of that, they've got their rebel alliance, and it's them. They're small in number. They're, they're kind of scrapped together. They've got planes that they've hijacked or smuggled or stolen. And they're trying to do this thing on a shoestring, right? They're trying to save the world on a shoestring budget. And they're right. And I think, you know, a lot of the, the people that we've been listening to for, you know, the last 20 years are people with ginormous churches. And let me just say, those guys have a lot of wisdom. And they have a lot to teach, and we have a lot to learn from people who got to do um, the big church movement in the 80s and 90s. And I think sometimes we we really bash those guys um, as you know they were sellouts and they were this. But to be honest, um, all of us, if we lived back then, and I want to challenge our listeners, all of us would have been in that movement. I know because I was there. And we went from small churches, and churches were just exploding. We weren't even trying. Um, it was just happening. Um, in fact, sometimes, I don't know if you if you do this, but sometimes I look around at megachurch pastors, and I go, how did you become a megachurch pastor? Like, you are not a Rick Warren. You are not a Bill Hybels. Those guys were incredibly gifted. 
and guys I would listen to till the cows come home, even though I'm not a big church guy. Um, it's not what God's called me to, but I don't knock it. It's what God clearly called those guys to. And I think right now it's trendy to bash them. Um, it's trendy to. Is there but, a lot of bashing of them? Yeah, there is. And, and in particular, huh. um, this is this is what Satan. I, I, I bet you it's the same pastors that send me emails. Well, no, it's not. You're actually you're getting it from from probably the guys that are you know in the in the small church movement. You know, not movement, but the small church you know scenario where they can't grow it, and maybe circumstances they're stuck and they're frustrated, and you know they. But the big church guys. Big church guys would be like, they'd be right with you because they'd be like, hey, man, you know, like free yourself up financially so you can actually do this ministry and, you know, meet more people. Like I think a lot of the big church guys, they get more than we realize. But when the big church got big church, it it in many ways today, it wasn't that the big church model was wrong. It was that society shifted and moved on. Um, anyone who wants to tell me that discipleship can't happen in a big church I simply point to Pentecost and say Acts chapter 242. It was happening. So, um, and that was converts of 3,000 men, not counting when. So you're looking at easily six, seven, eight thousand maybe in Jerusalem, boom, overnight mm. with a shoestring leadership of 12 or maybe 120 if you're generous. So, you know, but, but to say, you know, oh, that, that can't, you know, you just don't know your Bible and discipleship does happen. Because it's the first thing the Holy Spirit did. But here's my point. Um, the underdogs are the people that are the pioneers and they're starting. And always in Christianity, when when a new wineskin becomes an old wineskin, and that invariably happens with age and time, um, when, when a new wineskin becomes an old wineskin, then you'll always see somebody who's pioneering. And that's how the Holy Spirit keeps it. It's not that he abandons these big churches. The Holy Spirit is in these big churches. He's in what happened in the 80s and 90s. He's still in that, but it is now an older person's movement. Um, what is happening with many young families is they want community, so they're going into small church. And so this is a good time for small church, but you can't do small church like small church used to do. Um, a lot of younger people are coming up and doing small church, and the Spirit's in it too. And here's the point is my point is the underdogs are usually right. So I say usually not always. Um, I think when you're bag, you know, bagging on, you know, what God did 20, 20 years ago, you're bagging on what God did 20 years ago. You got to be careful. Um, but the problem, like I said, isn't that those are wrong. And I think a lot of our writers and thinkers are now attacking what those guys did when they were called in the moment. Like I said, they weren't even trying. Did they have blind spots, short-sightedness? Yes. But guess what? So does the missional movement. So do these things going on today. Whatever I do, I always have blind spots and weaknesses and things that I miss. But there's something pure about pioneering movements because pioneering movements, if the focus is right, is on Jesus and lost people. So they're usually right. And so um, how I start off saying was, you know, the, these bigger churches, they have a lot to teach. But right now, they also have a lot to learn from the underdogs and the pioneers. I have sat with large church leaders that kind of act like they have the source of all wisdom. 
and I wrote a, an article years ago, what, and they, they, they actually published it in outreach and it was what the main, what mainstream churches, I don't remember what it was. I just post on Facebook, but it was, um, five lessons to learn from the church planning movement or five lessons large. It was something like, uh, why churches need to think like church planners, why established churches or what they can learn or, but you get the point. It was basically, uh, I contrasted Navy SEAL teams to battleships and I said they each have their function. But, uh, you know, Navy, Navy, uh, Navy SEAL teams are all about infiltration and that's where society's at right now. So your battleships, they, Hey, we got big guns and we got admirals and we got, no, that's great. And that's really good that we have battleships. Those are going to serve a function, but we also need Navy SEAL teams and church planners to me are like Navy SEAL teams. And because you think it's cool. It's way cooler. I'd rather be a (laughs) Navy SEAL than an admiral. Rather be a Jedi like my father before me than a Sith Lord. You know, they could have done all those lines so cheesy like that, and they didn't. I'm grateful to that. What is thy bidding, my master? Oh, so rich. It is. It really is. It's just the way he says that, the way he lingers on the bidding. Ah, oh, so good. It's like yeah. music. Yeah. I dig it. Any thoughts on that, Pete? The Mavericks. <clears throat> Here's to the underdogs of Mavericks. Make it like a Miller Lite commercial. Uh, that's no endorsement of drinking Miller Lite, by the way. Yeah, we, we'd endorse way better beers than Miller Lite. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I don't. I mean, I get what you're. They're point not is. a paid sponsor. Uh, uh, but hey, Miller Lite, if you'd like to come sponsor the Church Planner Podcast, uh, my rate's going to go up about five times because I know you got the money. <laughs> oh. Yes, and Nam will fire me. You think Nam would? <laughs> Who knows? You, you should just say, but I'm not drinking it. <laughs> <laughs> or, or say this. Well, Pete's the one who actually gets the money. <laughs> Every, Wait, what do you mean? <laughs> the moment of truth hits the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyway. Um, yeah. No, I don't. I, I understand what your point is. I just. uh I don't think it's as good as turning to the dark side may get you faster results. That's all. Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. The underdog is normally right. I just see that guys that are on the pioneering um, thresholds, they see things that other people don't see. Every time that God has catalyzed the church, it's always been from the underdogs. It's always been the guys like William Booth. Well, you know, you're 100%, 100% right, right there. I mean, I've had that conversation many times over the last week where, you know, God seems to um, not just enjoy. I mean, God specifically uses people who you would not expect to be used. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the worst of the worst. Yeah. Like I, I was Ex-cons, sharing. cons hippies. I mean, you know, go exactly. through history and this is the stuff he does. Well, I mean, look I, at Moses was a murderer. David was a, a an adulterer and a murderer. Um, uh, Paul, Paul was a, a murderer. Paul certainly. What? I mean, what are you talking about? What? <laughs> what? There's a sound clip. I wish we still had. Oh, we got to get that one. Hey, did you see the the Christmas present? I went and found them all. No, you didn't find them all. You talking about our sound bites? Yeah. No, you didn't find them all. 
You found one. Oh, I found hundreds and sent them to you. Um, I put them in a Dropbox folder and I shared it with you. Resend it to me. Resend it. Yeah, I will. I will. All right. It's in Church Upstart. So okay. Yeah. Sorry, guys. So so. <laughs> how funny is that? Here's a little a little trivia fact for you guys. We started off our uh, we started off our our whole thing. We didn't know what we were going to call Church Planner Magazine. Uh, never occurred to us just to call it. <laughs> Church Planner Magazine. <laughs> it was a good idea, whoever had that. But that said, we first started off, it was Church Upstart, and we thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. But, I, I think uh, I still own that domain name, by the way. <laughs> Churchupstart.com. Yeah. So uh, number five, should we move on? I think we should. Being a rebel, and this is kind of off the uh, first. We, we actually preempted this whole point, so we'll just open this up and talk about it. Being a rebel is tantamount to changing things, right? Being a rebel, being someone who does not accept the status quo is what changes things. I met with a church planter um, this week. He was mentioning all the books he read. And um, at a certain point, in fact, you'll remember, Pete, you'll remember because you were on this call. I, I say I met with him. I, we, we were doing a coaching call. And I actually really brought up the the fact that You've said this and I've, I've picked up on this and, but I think you're reading off of somebody else's script. I really would challenge you. It was a church planner who was going to a very difficult city. Um, a city that was like Mars Hill and everything he described was Mars Hill. And I said, you know, the beauty of that passage, <laughs> I've said this on like everything I've done. This has been on every podcast since, but I just said, look, um, you need to, tap into that creativity um, of the Holy Spirit and you need to really um, um, listen to what God is saying. Don't copy, in this city especially, don't copy what God has said for somebody else to do. You do what God tells you and listen to Him because the best things I've ever done in ministry were original and they were spirit. They were not flesh. They were not me picking up somebody's book. Even my book. Like I've written these books. The worst thing someone could do is pick up my book, read it, and go, I'm going to do what Peyton did in Long Beach, or I'm going to do what Peyton did in Wales. That would horrify me. What I'm hoping is you read that book and you catch the spirit, and big S and little, little S on that, that you catch the spirit. In fact, the whole book is really about the Holy Spirit. What I'm saying is, Walk with him, find out what he wants to do in your city and connect and partner with him in that. And he will blow your mind. You won't just be taking what you hear at a conference. You will be giving a talk in future at a conference. If you want to know how these guys ended up being conference speakers or having something to say, it's because they first learned how to listen. They learned how to listen to the Holy Spirit. They learned how to say to God, God, I don't know what to do. And that's where Paul was at. Paul was in this beautiful spot of, I don't have the foggiest clue how to reach Athens. I literally need to listen to him. I'm glad you put your phone on silent, by the way. You know, I I thought it was. Such, such a professional podcast we run. You know, that's why we can't have nice things. <laughs> you know, one thing that uh, <clears throat> I, I remember from this last week, you and I were uh, – we're doing one of our, our uh, coaching calls with the Bible Owner Circle guys. And uh, this one guy on there really, really respect this guy a lot, probably more than he realizes. 
and um and he was asking you he was like hey how do we reach this area and i remember your reply because it was almost like (laughs) it was like this huge setup right of you know this is this is where we're at this is what you know the uh what the people are like here and then it was like after this huge setup was now how do we reach them (laughs) and i just remember (laughs) thinking this i'm listening to this going oh man okay i mean i don't even know how to address that but you handled it perfectly because you just simply go well tell me what are you doing right now to reach everybody right and um and he starts talking about what they're doing what he's doing personally what their church is doing and and you're like that's what you're supposed to be doing. You're doing the right stuff. And I think yeah. a lot of times we get hung up on this idea that it's going to be bigger. It's going to be quicker. It's going to be, um, it's going to look different. It's going to look like these other churches that we hear about or we see, right? Mm-hmm. The, the famous ones, the ones that get written up in the magazines and the bloggers all like to talk about. And your whole point was, and, and which, he totally agreed with, which is just, Hey, look, do what God's called you to do. Let God worry about all of that stuff. I mean, that's, that's being a rebel, right? That's, that's, yeah, that's changing things. That's, that's being the, the rebel Alliance right there. You are just doing what God's called you to do. Absolutely, man. I, and, and, and that's what I want guys to get, you know, it's kind of equally the other guy. If you remember the guy that called, um, he was already, he was already being around. It, it was funny because he was in an established church and they were, they had revamped everything. They had basically reinvented themselves. And you know who I'm talking about? Super cool dude. Um, older gentleman. And, uh, and he, he had a, a, an equal setup. And then when his question came, I was like, I know you don't want to hear this after. Oh, all yeah, 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 yeah. And I said, but keep doing what you're doing. And it was so funny because I expected him to be kind of downfall. Like I was expecting huge chunks of wisdom. And he actually said, no, that's actually exactly what I wanted to hear. Thank you so much because it was a huge risk and we, we didn't know what was, this was going to cost us. And, um, and it turns out, I mean, they've been seeing loads of fruit. And I was like, brother, I, you're doing it. You already listened to God. You already did everything. I mean, you're going to keep listening, obviously, but you already did it. You know, like I, I can't, all I can do is validate that for you. And, uh, sometimes church planner, that's what you need. You know, the underdog is always right, but he's often not encouraged. Um, you, sometimes you feel like you're the only one who's crazy. And sometimes you bump into others and maybe that's what this podcast is for you is assurances that at least there's two other people out there in the world that are as crazy as you are. And I, I tend to find a lot of times when I'm writing, people are like, I thought I was alone until I read your book. Yeah. Or I thought I was alone until I read this podcast and, or listened to this podcast. And, um, and you know, that, that's kind of the deal, man, is make sure you're meeting with people. If you're not part of a network, um, a church planning network of like-minded people, or you're not, um, you know, even like Bible inner circle, uh, that has been for other people, um, you know, the notion they're not crazy. And, and get this, it's not just church planning. These guys are a two-edged sword. What they're doing is not only are they reaching the unreached, what these guys are also doing 
in Bible inner circle is they're seeing, like Proverbs says, the danger coming and they hide themselves. A wise man sees danger coming and hides himself. Society's changing. Most likely America is the American government, not during this term, under this president, but surely it's coming, especially with the spectacle evangelicals have made in themselves um, over the last few years. Um, we will lose our tax exempt status as churches. That's going to change everything. Talk to any, just, you know, ask, ask a, a church pastor sometime. What would it mean for you as a, an organization to lose your tax exemption? And you'll hear these guys say, we might have to close our doors or we'd have to lay, lay off, you know, most of our staff or it, it's a big, it will be a rude awakening and everything will change. And what what we're saying is right now we're living under that shelter, that tax shelter as a church. But that's going away. That's going to eventually stop. And when that time comes, um, ministry as we know it will also shift. When that happens, you know, when you see like things like, you know, 10 things that will hit the church, nobody ever talks about this part. So um, so anyways, you know, eventually that's going to happen. And the wake up call is, again, um, being rebel is tantamount to changing things. I see these guys as rebels. I see them as they're the people that are blazing this trail and going back to first century style, first century style mission and ministry where they're providing for their own needs like Paul did, um, working with their own hands. And it's amazing to me that we get so much pushback, but I think some of it is it's a, it's a reluctance and a resistance of ministers to accept that this is what's happening and this is the way it's going. It's like Jeremiah as a prophet coming in and, you know, whereas Paul says it's a commendable thing that I worked with my own hands and, and made money and supported my team. Um, for us, we're getting pushback on it, even though it is the most first century thing that you could possibly do. And so, um, again, I just think we're ahead of the curve. I think it's because we have been listening. I think, you know, you and I prayerfully came into this as, you know, um, I remember you even saying at the beginning, like we could make a, a ton of money doing this with business guys, but there's not going to be money in this for church planners. But, you know, for us, we got to make them pay something so they value it. But this isn't a money making deal for us. And, yeah. you know. Yet. <laughs> oh, wait, Let me I, show you my bank account. <laughs> Just <laughs> Am I not supposed to say that? <laughs> no, because I know that's not where the bulk of your money's coming from. So, well, right now, none of it comes from that. Like one guy, one guy texted in, um, he texted or email in. Oh, you know, with all that money you're making and uh, you're just adding to it with all these pastors and blah, blah, blah. And I just replied back. I'm like, well, actually, as you rightly pointed out, I do make a lot of money and and uh, none of it actually comes from the pastors because yeah. we haven't taken anything out of it. So, Absolutely. We've been pouring everything right back into yeah. it to reach more guys. I, I go, mean, but so, one day. I mean, without going into all yeah. that. I go, know, but one still. day, hopefully you'll be right. <laughs> but that thing ain't today. Yeah. Yeah. But again, you know, it's one of those things where what we're doing is really being a rebel is tantamount to, to changing things. I always like what Alan Hurst said. He said, you know, those who who affect uh, the greatest change don't talk about it. They model it. So in other words, standing outside the church, throwing rocks at it, talking about the change that needs to happen doesn't work. Um, 
you know, you're just seen as a guy bashing the church. This is why, like, in, in this latest book, um, I'm really not talking about – not throwing rocks at the church. What I'm doing is exactly that. That book is modeling this is where we need to go, right? And this is what I've done. I'm, I point to things that were modeled, kind of like where Paul says, you know, he, he says he kind of – it's it's a couple places. It's Romans and also Corinthians, where Paul says he he kind of boasts, but he does it for a reason. And I'm there's not in any way boasting in this, but I always feel self conscious when I talk about what I've done. I don't like to talk about what I've done. I've always been that way. Um, if I do something, you're probably not going to hear it. If I go speak somewhere, I'm probably not going to post about it. Um, I just don't like the look at me, look at me thing. My right hand's not supposed to, to, to know what my left hand's doing. So I, I don't broadcast everything I do, but in this book, I literally felt led of God to write how he had led me. And again, it's not so you can carbon copy it. It's so you go model the change that the world needs right? and the church needs. So that's, that's. That's my piece on war. That's what I have to say about everything I needed to know about church plan. I learned from Star Wars. So what about like in a scenario where um, you got to take care of payroll and uh, the accounting needs of the church? Uh, how, did, how did Star Wars help you out with that? Workman's well, comp? there's a character called Greedo. And what a lot of people don't know about Greedo is that he worked for SimplifiedChurch.com. That's why Jabba had sent him. His Jabba was busy running his HUD empire. He didn't have time to actually go and chase down, you know, uh, Han Solo. You know, there's tax compliancy in the empire, and Greedo had to make things right. And, you know, you send people out like Greedo. Um, so my personal Greedo is a guy named Josh Henry and his staff. And uh, Greedo deals with all the Han Solos of the IRS for me. My church planning needs. I just sit around like Java eating slimy frog creatures and uh, watching the pod races. Ooh, the pod races. Mm. That's they, what I do all day. I just eat slimy frogs and, you know, collect my uh, my credits. And uh, as a metaphor gone wrong. Really if only our listeners knew. We had to edit that. We did. We did. Because that was like, <laughs> okay, can't go there. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, hey. I appreciate you uh, taking the time to do this episode of the Church Monitor Podcast, uh, Mr. Jones. As they're turning my house up as we speak. I can tell. I can tell you're like chomping at the bit to go use the bathroom, too. Which doesn't exist anymore. I have to pee <laughs> in the hole in the ground. <laughs> Where my toilet used to be. Oh. All right. Well, Church Planner, thanks for joining us for that extremely special, intimate moment just then. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. And we'd like to remind you, if you enjoyed what you heard today, please leave us a comment. Leave us a five-star review. That helps our podcast get out to more people. Look, I'm trying to be professional now, too. And uh, let other people know about us. You know, Share it on uh, Facebook and wherever fine Christian posts are sold. And uh, anyways, thanks for joining us. This has been Peyton Jones and Pete Mitchell reminding you, if you want to reach the ones nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. 
If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Thank you.